culture has some sort of rite of passage. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure they have them. Maybe you have to pass some sort of test or peril in order to go from youth to adulthood. In America, we have something called high school. And for those of you who don't know what high school is, it's a building that you're locked in every day from when you're 15 to 18 years old. And you can imagine what happens when you put hundreds or sometimes thousands of teens in a confined space for that long. It's a petri dish of hormones and insecurity. It's the age when bodies and minds are changing and you're trying to sort out the meaning of life and your place in it. At the same time, you believe that you have the world figured out if only people would listen to you. As you can see, it is a confusing time. And filmmakers love to make movies about this time of life, probably more than any other. I think for the reasons I just listed. They are called coming-of-age stories. And most of these movies I find rather tedious. There is one, though, that stands out to me. And I'm curious if Glenn feels the same way as we discuss 1985's The Breakfast Club on this very special episode of Movies Will Save the World. Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. And I'm Chris Peterson. And Chris, please, please, I have one request as we start. Don't you forget about me <laughs> as we talk about the 1985 John Hughes classic, uh, The Breakfast you got Club. That, yes, I'm glad you got that out of the way immediately. So. <laughs> Such I, a memorable, iconic song, kicking off, bookending like, the movie, starting yeah, and bookending it. it. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's, um, <laughs> I'm sure it'll never come up again. This entire podcast. <laughs> I was going to sing it to you, but decided not to. Uh, shame on you for not doing that. <laughs> Maybe at the end. Um, yeah. So we are talking about the this the iconic uh, Chris. I think the theme was sort of like teen coming of age movie, yes. right? Uh, yeah. And John Hughes. I mean, has and always will be basically all about that, as far as I'm concerned. No, uh, with some, it. yeah, with some of the most <laughs> iconic movies from the '80s: Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, uh, The Breakfast Club, which we're talking about here, um, as well as other movies. But um, boy, yeah. it has been a long time since I saw this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily high on the rewatch. Uh, uh, list for me, but it was a lot of fun to go back to it. There is a lot, there, there's a lot that I remembered and then a lot that I didn't remember about right. this. Yeah, me too. Um, mm-hmm. let me, let me first <laughs> say that actually coming of age movies, I hate the genre. I really do. <laughs> like, well, we'll as, have a lot to talk about them. <laughs> as, as, as a type of movie, I think they're despicable. <laughs> um, 
and I was all geared up, bef- bef- you know, picking this movie and like ready to like sink my teeth into it as in terms of like, oh, did- it's going to feel so bad and dated and cheesy. Did you and pick honestly, this? oh, what? Did you pick this as a hate watch? <laughs> I want to pick this to hate watch it. <laughs> all right. There was a little revenge in it because of a few things that you've picked lately. <laughs> That's fair. That I felt uh, like I needed to, like, yeah, like, oh, that's just fair. rein you in a bit so uh, that you wouldn't yeah. do that again. Uh-huh. All right. So anyway, I was at least from my end, I was ready to, yeah, be be hypercritical mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. just slam it, and it's. There are definitely things, yes, that did not age well at all here. <laughs> but there's some parts here that's actually like, you know what, damn, that's that's still a pretty good movie. And I, I'd like to, you know, I hope we can explore both parts of that. Right. The parts that worked and the parts that did not work. <laughs> I, I had the same experience. I... I, I uh, going through it, there were the parts where I was like, oh my God, this is so 80s. This is so cliche or this doesn't yeah. hold up at all and then like literally at, at certain points i found myself almost tearing up at at what was happening so like i feel like i had the same <laughs> the same experience of like there hmm, what what's the there is a part of me that wants to hate this and then yeah there's a part of me that is like no the these pieces of it are are good and and i agree i think we should talk about both <laughs> yeah so as as I said, there's there was the idea of one. This is not a genre I particularly enjoy, and I still stand uh-huh, by that. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I, like it's done so poorly so often, or else right. it gets, or else these indie movies get hyped up with these coming of age movies that are like so yeah. like nobody, I don't, you know, that's nobody's experience. You know what I mean? Like. It's so it's so weird and idiosyncratic and like thinking yeah. like now that that's definitely not related at all to anything I've ever done ever you know well so um, yeah I'm I'm curious about that and that might be a good place to jump in because I I agree with you some of the things that I wrote down is like this would never happen the 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 ways in which these people are talking to each oh, sure. other um, you know that's not. <laughs> realistic at all and yet there is sort of an underpinning of the emotion you know the the sort of like teen angst and i don't know just like this that i can relate to a lot of the sentiments that are being described in these movies and i'm that's interesting to me you know i'm not sure if it's like it's an unbelievable set of circumstances, yeah, and yet right. something that I can relate to, um, and which because I think is emblematic of this kind of movie. Because I think what Hughes did successfully, at least in these types of movies, is that he cast like kind of a, it. It wasn't so. Again, I'll use I'll use this nice word I like to use: idiosyncratic. Meaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love that word. Um, <laughs> makes me sound so much smarter. Than... <laughs> but that that his experience is, kind of, is not universal, because not mm-hmm. everybody grew up in a white suburban high school, right? Yeah, in Chicago, right? Yeah, you know. However, the yeah, there's, there's, 
there's a sort of a generic sense that some of what these kids experience is kids. I mean, I think actually half of them were still in high school when I think they were filming this. Wait, wait a minute. Hold up. A few of them were. Like, Anthony Michael Hall is like... Anthony Michael was, Hall is the only one I believe is a high school student. And Molly Ringwald, I think, was also still going to school while really? she was... They mentioned that in the commentary. Like, she had to, like, then go... She had to, like, then go off and like study with her tutors, you know, when huh. she wasn't shooting scenes. Yeah, okay. I know. I, I can yeah, believe you... <laughs> those two. What I can't believe is uh, Judd Nelson or no, no, uh, Emilio no. Estevez or Ali Sheedy. No, they were like 25 or 30 year old people. <laughs> no, they, well, here's, <laughs> all right. I, I do want to say this just about the eighties in general. When we look yeah. back at pictures, cause this is like, I was in high school during this time. We all looked like we were in the 30 years old then. We what? that's just that's just the way we looked. Look what? if you looked if you looked at my yearbook, it's like you went to school with a bunch of middle-aged <laughs> We just looked older. We didn't oh. yeah. It's just the hair or the Wait, clothes. is this a Midwest thing cuz I was yeah, in California is, and I did not look like <laughs> I looked like a little child. No, it's a Midwest yearbook. thing. We we, okay. we we looked like little adults. <laughs> we were not mature, but No, 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 um, no. Oh, neither is anybody in this movie, but anyway. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, just, I just that the experience is, his movies are, his coming of age movies are mm-hmm. generic enough that you could kind of put yourself somewhere in that story. It's funny. Whereas, it's, it's it's like a horoscope, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like there is a, like, if you just shotgun a whole bunch of things at the audience, right. there's enough that you can pick up on and say, like, <laughs> I relate to that. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yes. Yeah, it's like horoscope <laughs> filmmaking, right? <laughs> Is that, is that our so label is this, for John Hughes? John Hughes is the horoscope of filmmaking. <laughs> All right, we got our next meme, at least. I know, I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas I think some modern coming-of-age movies, especially from the indie world, are like, you know, happen to deal with some very weird set of circumstances, and you're watching one person go through something very traumatic. Yeah. But it's like, I'm just not there. I was never, you know, a 15-year-old orphan from Afghanistan, <laughs> you know, trying to oh, find wait, my parents. Or so. It's not funny, but it's like a movie, right? <laughs> right, it would right. Be a, It's a good movie, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, you know, it's not a coming of age. That's well, that, uh, that, so- that lovely time of life where a man <laughs> becomes a boy or whatever. <laughs> or the other way around. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> well, so uh, in questionable ways, uh, because it's the eighties. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is one of the things I was curious about your opinion on, because you know, watching this movie, rewatching this movie, it felt like such of a time. It you know, and I felt sure. like yeah. I feel like there was <laughs> so much of this kind of movie in the eighties. And, you know, you've talked about, you know, movies that have come out, you know, in the 90s and the the aughts or the 2010s or whatever. I don't know what we call decades anymore, but um, I was having a hard time coming up with what would be a comparable modern coming of age story. It, I I feel it, maybe they're not on my radar and they're happening, but I just don't feel like 
I've seen that many. Oh yeah, well like um, oh what's the ladybird for instance? Right. Oh okay, yeah. There's yep. that's one that just mm-hmm. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, she's living in Sacramento and she wants to get out and see the world and or Juno or so. Or yep. Movie movies of that type, which right. are good movies, but I don't you know. I guess they're, even they're, they're, Napoleon, they're kinda, they're, Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> might be that might qualified be, for that. Wow, you know? I never thought of that being the greatest, maybe, of all. <laughs> the greatest of all. Yeah. It has everything, doesn't it? <laughs> it's got sweet jumps. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess huh. maybe, maybe, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is like, it just seemed like such a big, there were, it, it it seems like there were a ton of movies like this in the eighties. And then maybe that mantle has been passed to the sort of indie movies of, you know, the, the late nineties and the early two thousands and like lady bird, as you said, um, and maybe not quite as mainstream. I, I don't know. I just don't feel well, like we see as many no. of these kinds of movies because it's all dominated w- by Marvel movies. <laughs> r- right. But also, and I was going to, I am going to bring this up. Okay. <laughs> I was and I am. Um, that teen movies up until that point, though, had absolutely zero redeeming qualities. I mean, mm. nobody mm-hmm. nobody took a teen movie as like that could be a serious movie. Mm. It was mm-hmm. it was all the shenanigans of like, you know, teenage boys and there's you know spying yeah. on girls in the locker right. room, like and, you know, Porky's or just, meatballs yeah. or something like that. Right? I mean, it's they're all just like. Teens are stupid. Let's make mm-hmm. stupid movies for them. They don't have real problems or feelings or whatever. And then, you know, 16... This was interesting um, yeah. that I never knew before, that 16 mm. Candles and um, Breakfast Club are... You know, John Hughes made them back-to-back, mm-hmm. but he wanted to make The Breakfast Club first. Huh. And they said, well, no, make 16 Candles first, and we'll see if that's successful. Then you can make The Breakfast Club. Interesting. Yeah, even though I think huh. Breakfast Club made a lot more money than 16 Candles. Did. Oh, it, it uh, I, I mean, it, I I don't have the figures in front of me, but I, I think on a relatively small budget, it made something like 50 million at the box. Yeah, I think, box I think, office. I think, I think the budget was less than $2 million. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had essentially one set that they used. Right. And, right. and a bunch of, a bunch of unknown actors. And yeah, that's a cheap a, way to make m- what, money. Seriously, what a cheap movie to make. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, so even 16 Candles, you know, that's still kind of a goofy teen comedy as compared mm-hmm. to The Breakfast Club, which, mm-hmm. um, yeah, now movies like The Breakfast Club can be made. But before that, this was the first one to mm-hmm. ever. I mean, when you think about it, most of the movie is a bunch of teenagers sitting in the library talking. I mean, that's the majority right. of this movie. It's right. it's it's like a play almost. You know, it, well, it's, that, you could make it as a play. It, and that is one of the things that I wrote down is just coming back to this. You know, I don't remember the last time I saw it. It's been probably a decade um, or more is just realizing how much time the movie takes, you know? Um, and yeah. I don't mean like, oh, screen time. I mean, it it is patient with the dialogue and with its characters, and especially in the early parts of the movie, I just, I just, I noticed and appreciated it. Like, it, it didn't feel rushed to get 
to any particular point. It felt like it could right. sit with these characters for a period of time, let them, you know, come into what they wanted to share or not share or whatnot. Um, the The irony here is that <laughs> this movie is compressed into a day in which two romantic relationships bloom at the end. So that, you know, it sort of accelerates at the end, but I really appreciate it at the early points, you know, just like it felt like it was just sort of taking its time. And, and I thought that, I thought that was really, that was really great. Well, I think what lended to that, and I, I learned this too, is that mm. Hughes shot it in sequence. Yeah. Unlike, yeah. unlike, most movies that are shot mm-hmm. like, well, we have this location now. We'll right. do this. Mm-hmm. This is in the you know the middle, the end. It doesn't matter. He actually shot it in the order of what happened, so that mm-hmm. it does feel more natural. I think as they're mm-hmm. kind of building these bonds, this trust, this um, conflicts, and you know things like that. That sometimes <laughs> feel you know like you said they feel sometimes authentic, and then sometimes it feels you know movie-ish but Which, i do think i do think it did i did think it helped that he decided to do it that way i i think so too because i think a big theme of this movie is and and my wife pointed this out we were watching it together the sort of you know judgment that you bring to other people when you're sort of pushed into a situation together yeah, right um and i think that's a big part of this movie right i mean this is not a <laughs> <laughs> this is not some great intellectual dis- discovery here. No, it's no, pretty it's pretty fucking <laughs> obvious, um, you know. It's, but it's, it's not about my dinner with Andre. But <laughs> yeah. it's but the it's teen a... dinner. Anyway. <laughs> it's my teen dinner with Andre. <laughs> oh, God. No, that's that's the poster. <laughs> my teen dinner with Andre. <laughs> All of them sitting around on the floor. Oh, God. Talking about how life has been terrible for them for the last decade. Oh, God. Anyway. Shit, man. I'm not going to stop laughing about my teen dinner with Andre. Why don't we just quit now when we're ahead? I know, I know. Let's just call it a day, man. Yeah, anyway, what I was was trying to say is, you know, because so much of this movie is about this sort of progressive unveiling of who these people are and revealing themselves to each other, it totally makes sense that, you know, you would shoot that in sequence, right? So uh, the actors are getting more comfortable with each other uh, right. as as that goes on and and um and I think there are some beautiful moments in this movie that come later in the movie um that probably couldn't have been done without that that comfort so yeah well well chris with <laughs> with with a lot of these you know movies that are from our childhood or 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 formative years or whatever you want to call it, yes. I do think it's always interesting to 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 ask, you know, where, where did you first see this? What's your origin story with this movie? So this movie, I had, I had seen 16 candles in the movie theater, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was PG 13. That was like, that was like the (laughs) first time they had that rating. Almost. It was like one Uh of the first movies that I saw in the theater that was like that. And then 
And then um, Breakfast Club came out, and it was rated R. Right. Right. And I was in, I was in eighth or I was in eighth grade when <laughs> when Breakfast Club came out. Uh-huh. So I was like at that age. I was coming of age during the eighties. <laughs> and uh-huh. um, well, that that so tells me a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> we were really deep and serious back then too, uh-huh. and. We um, so I couldn't see it in the theater, mm. and but it was I mean we all knew it. It was so popular that song was on all the time. Right, and, right. Um, I had to wait until it came out on videotape before I could mm. actually see the movie. But I felt mm-hmm. like I already knew it. But um, and I do remember like Siskel and Ebert reviewing this and liking mm. it, mm-hmm. and um, th- them saying too that it was a lot more thoughtful than your standard teen comedy but i mean it was i don't know what i can't remember what they compared it to i mean that was super long time ago but like other classic sort of teen movies that weren't Mm -hmm. exactly fit the mold so easily and that the the actors were all you know unknown kind of at that time um it's to an extent still are but yeah i think you know i think what jumps out to me is it's hard for me to remember a time before this movie i mean obviously you know it came out when I was a kid, so right. I don't have an extensive knowledge. But like, there are a bunch of elements of this kind of movie that you know maybe they were established here because. Uh, well, that's what I, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like there are so many movies that follow this that are sort of that that fit this mold of. You know, one of the things that jumped out to me in this one, and and you see it in a ton of movies like this from this era, is the kids who are smarter than the adults, right? And and sure. you, see, you see that yeah. so so uh, you know uh, obvious in this one, where you know all the kids are having these deep sort of introspective conversations about their upbringing and everything like that, and their childhood and their home life and what yeah. makes them tick and the way. And meanwhile, you see the principal, who is supposed to be the authority figure, just, you know, kind of an idiot, right? <laughs> right? And that's so yeah, prevalent to me in, in so much of, like, sort of 80s uh, movies geared at, you know, kids our age in that, in that <clears throat> time. And I don't know that it necessarily started here, but, you know, it's definitely a, a, a huge part of movies like this. Well, I think it gave, like, I, th- I think... Yeah, I think what it did, or is it? It left it, it left it commercially possible. I guess maybe is the best way to describe mm, it. Mm-hmm. That you could make movies with teenagers in it and showed them having like more complex ideas than how right. to be drunk and laid, and you know things like that. <laughs> like that they you could have other things in a teen movie. Right, and and then we went back to movies like Superbad, which is basically yeah. just that. <laughs> so we, we, it's culturally gone full circle, I guess. So it's we need just a, re- yeah, a reboot. Just a yo-yo. We need right. the reboot of Breakfast Club, right? Uh, no, we don't. Can we just say no? We don't. <laughs> oh, you know that somebody's working on it. Oh, God. You know it. Oh, yeah, God. of course they. Yeah. Of course they are. Uh, I don't want that. Um, yeah. So, so I do think that's probably was. I mean, it's it is like you said. I don't know if it's when we were just talking off screen um <laughs> like the, it's like quintessentially 80s and that's so right. true which, right which right has all the gloriousness and horribleness <laughs> of the 80s in it yeah i mean 
yeah, I, I think I, I just feel like I saw so many movies like this from that period of time. And it's the, you know, the kids sort of pulling one over on the authority <clears throat> figure. I mean, you get this in Ferris Bueller, right? Like, Which is um, another John Hughes movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he wrote maybe that's that. just his thing. <laughs> it is his thing. He, he exactly like Home Alone, Ferris uh-huh. Bueller's Day Off. Uh-huh. I mean, he likes to have the kids as the underdogs. Yeah. You know, get get one over on the adults. That is, Which, that's definitely a thematic thing in his movies. Totally, and you know that's fair. Like this is part of why I think we all loved those movies growing up, right? We're like you know, we feel. Uh, uh, powerless in so many situations, right? We get to to watch these, <laughs> these right. quote unquote kids who are played by thirty year old <laughs> actors <laughs> get one over on <laughs> on the authority figure. Well, but 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 to that point, one of the things that I loved about this movie that I had forgotten about, and maybe my favorite character in this movie is Carl. Oh. The janitor. Oh, totally. It's everyone's favorite character. You're not <laughs> yeah. wrong. No, we love that guy. He's awesome. And he's sitting there talking with, you know, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the principal's name? Vernon, right? Richard Vernon. Vernon. Dick. Right. Dick. <laughs> Dick Vernon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and doing another thing that you see in movies like this, where there is the like seemingly powerless observer. Right. You know, uh, espousing wisdom on you know somebody else in 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 the movie, and, and that's a that's a great scene in this movie. No, that's um yeah, Carl's characters like it's, it's it's he doesn't have much of a role in it, but he is that dynamic is I think really interesting mm-hmm. as well because if you noticed at. Like there's there's some great montages in this movie that I hope oh, we yeah. get to talk about. <laughs> yes. I'm a sucker for a good montage. <laughs> yes, but but the very opening montage at the at the you know the roll credits uh-huh. scene. Um, one of the pictures is the is the high school yearbook pictures, and it it shows like man of the year from each school year. Uh-huh. And Carl is one of them as a senior oh, at that I- high school. Interesting. I did not yeah. notice that. I didn't notice it until this time, where I'm, you know, watching <laughs> a little more closely, and then I paused uh-huh. it, and I was like, "Wait a second, go back." And it was like he had long hair, and like it, it was totally him. It was oh, awesome. that's funny. That's so funny. yeah. He he was man of the year for mm-hmm. his school, and look at yeah. him. Yeah. No, he he serves as sort of the outside observer, right? Who like he's, he's like Gandalf. He's like Gandalf. (laughs) He's comfortable where he's at, you know, and everyone else in this movie is sort of going through whatever they're going through. And he's the one who can sort of sit outside of all of that and then provide a little, a couple of sound bites of, you know, wisdom in between emptying garbage cans. Right. I think everyone else, I mean, part of the theme of this movie is everyone is trying to identify themselves mm-hmm. or struggling with that identity, yeah, trying to figure it out. And he's the only character in the movie that seems to be very comfortable with him being himself. And he seems right. the happy, happiest of them all. <laughs> which, yeah, which is great because, like, you know, everyone is ready to assume that, oh, you're just a janitor. You must be unhappy about that. And he's like, yeah, man, this is... <laughs> I do what I do and you know, this is fine. And, and by the way, 
I see all of you every day. I hear everything that you say. I know exactly what's going on within these walls. Uh, and you know, I've got thoughts on that. <laughs> no, because that it was, it was kind of that whole little sequence there where of like, um, he comes in and says, Hey, Brian. And like, right, Brian, right, of course, is, right. is embarrassed that the janitor right. uh-huh. knows him and try and kind of tries to, you know, blow him off. Like, you know, by mm-hmm. just whatever. And, and then like Bender starts to right. harass him. And then he goes into that, you know, his his little monologue about, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and then you see like at the end of it, like uh, Bender kind of he smiles as acknowledging, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess you do got it, <laughs> you do have it figured out. I yeah, I thought that was well well played. Good. Yeah, for sure. Good job, Judd Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned Judd Nelson as as Bender, um, and I do think it would be worth talking a little bit through the cast. Um, you know, Bender obviously as the uh, quote unquote bad boy of the bunch. The one, yeah, who, he he is the instigator of basically of everything, right? Of everything that kind of happens is under his kind of pushing the pushing the boundaries yeah. from the from the I, very beginning of, I think you're you right know, if screwing if he around with the door if he hadn't been in that room this would have been a very dull movie nothing would have happened <laughs> right <laughs> I, I do want to interject one thing here that'll blow your mind that would have made this movie <laughs> um, okay. like Nicholas Cage was considered for the role of John Bender oh no. Can you could you imagine this movie with Nicolas Cage in that role? Like, no. It would be like my favorite movie of all time. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sir yeah, Was, Saint Nick. is this is this like um oh crap. Uh what's what's the movie? Um Valley Girl era? Oh yeah. Nick yeah, Cage. Yeah. yeah. He okay. he would have been, you know, he he was still young enough to do it. Um John Cusack was also considered for that role, which no. would have made it very different. Can um, just real real quick going back to Nick Cage, has he, he ever been has he ever been younger than thirty? I'm not sure he has been. So even in Valley Girl, that's a stretch for me. Yeah, no. He, but he was I think he was the front runner for the role. Um, Interesting. They, it came down to a few guys. Uh, famous famous actors <laughs> but yeah anyway that's yeah. crazy no i i like judd nelson in that actually role. he's very good at, he is he's very good in this and, i think um, so too um, and to go back to the point of how uh, just going before like this is i guess a good way to introduce the cast <laughs> so you know he gets up and like he does something to the door right and right, you kind right. of see everyone's kind of upset at first <laughs> yeah um, but then when um, Ver- Vernon comes uh-huh. in and like says who did, who did this and yells at him, right. like they don't, you know, they 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 all kind of like huddle, uh, you know, huddle up and you know uh, yep. they, they 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 kind of protect him and that's I, their first kind of bonding experience it, in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I had the same thought. You know, it's like these people are they 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 are clearly all 
sort of different stereotypes, right? So yep. Emilio Estevez as sort of the jock, Judd Nelson as the, uh, you know... The, he's the criminal. Is what they, he's the criminal, nickna- the bad boy. Nickname. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. They even give them the names, right? Yeah, yeah. At the uh, end, they each have their little yeah, name. Mo- Molly Ringwald as, as the princess. princess uh, Ali Sheedy yep. as... What do they call her? Basket case. Basket case. That's, <laughs> that's fair for her character. For, for in this. Allie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Anthony Micro, uh, Anthony Michael Hall as what the nerd? And is that what they or call the him? brain? The I think the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the brain. The door. Yeah. <laughs> the dweeb. The... <laughs> he gets a number of names in this, but but yeah. So they all obviously come into this representing these different sort of stereotype or archetypes. Um, and up until that point, you know, there's been a lot of like banter back and forth and disagreement. And then, yeah, that once confronted with the quote unquote authority of the authority figure. Yep. Yep. They all band together. So, yeah, I, I noticed that very, <laughs> very much the same way uh, as this is the point where they start to kind of feel like they're on the same side. Yeah, so, and, and then I think that repeats throughout the movie. A lot mm-hmm. of the things that happen is because he's like breaking the rules and they're, right. try, and they, they kind of, the ideas, of course, in the movie that they peel back different layers and they become mm-hmm. more authentic to right. one another. Um, right. I, I, you know, is, is supposedly how the progression should work. And, yeah. Um, and, and and there are moments of where, you know, Judd Nelson as Bender, for all of his sort of instigating of the <laughs> shenanigans that they get into, there are points where people demonstrate, you know, trust, right? When, when there's yeah. that great montage of them, uh, uh, you know, getting out of the room and then they're trying to get in and avoid the principal, he sacrifices himself so that they exactly. can all get back, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> despite the fact that he's put his enormous bag of weed <laughs> in Anthony Michael Hall's shorts. That is a shit ton of weed, my friend. Like, nobody needs that much weed. <laughs> but but yeah, so just getting back to like they're they're you know they're coming together and they're they're starting to trust each other. And I think that is a critical point in what happens later in the movie as they start to open up to each other and be more vulnerable with each other about the things that are, you know, their home life and that kind of thing. You you yeah. don't qu- kind of get that without sort of starting to build that trust. Right. And um yeah, I think it's Again, it all happened within, you know, the filming sequence follows the script. Right. So it's right. It, each each little part is building upon mm-hmm. <laughs> upon each other and their reactions, I guess, would probably be... I, I, I listened to the commentary that actually mm-hmm. had um, today's Anthony Michael Hall and today's Judd Nelson looking back on this Oh, really? Movie. Yeah, uh-huh. it was like the 30-year anniversary <laughs> copy <Yeah>. of it <laughs> that I had to get. From the library. (laughs) um, How many movies have you stolen from your library? (laughs) All of them. (laughs) They'll never catch me. You'll never get me alive. 
Oh, God. One um, day we're going to log on to do this podcast and you won't be there, and I'll know why. You've been picked up by the library police. By the library police. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so half of the stuff they said was just them screwing around and it was, you know, nothing yeah. but in jokes. But then the other, but then parts of it were actually interesting filmmaking tidbits of choices mm. John Hughes made mm. um, and how much they still thought that was like <laughs> like a high water mark of their careers even though it was like most of their first movies just mm-hmm. that the way John Hughes made a movie was so like easy to be an actor right in I guess um, like just the things that he took care of so that the actors could just act because a lot mm. of the stuff they did in the movie he was just like all right you're stuck in a you know, a, a library on a Saturday morning, um, mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there. What are you going to do? You know, so they had to like think about, you know, like Ali, Ali Shee's, um, you know, Allison draws a weird, yeah. you know, her little snow, snowy picture, which uh-huh. I know that's one of your favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> she draws a beautiful picture. Yeah, of a, of a bridge and a in New England yeah. someplace. And then and then runs her fingers through her hair to shoot to 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 drop all of the dandruff in her hair onto it to make a snowbank. Snow, yeah, um, yeah. Well, so, so I just yeah. Before before we move on to some of the other cast members, I I I, I think you know what you were saying about you know uh, John Hughes and sort of setting the stage to, to get these performances out. I mean, I, I think it shows, right. I think, um, and again, the, the fact that it was shot in order, um, I do think you get some really wonderful performances that, that feel in the moment and feel spontaneous because, you know, from what you were just saying, he, he, you know, gave them the, the space to do that. Right. And, and, and to get to that sort of thing. And, you know, I, I feel like for as much as we can say like, well, Hughes just does these eighties teen coming of age movies, (laughs) they resonate, right. And they resonate for a reason. And, and I think, you know, for all of the cliches of the eighties and, and, and that kind of thing, um, they definitely captured a spirit. Right. And I would, uh, yes, I think that is a very good yes. The zeitgeist of that mm-hmm. of, of, of that era is definitely like I think it is like one of the quintessential '80s movies. Totally for all the for all the good and bad that that means. It, <laughs> yeah, it was. Def- yeah. It's we, definitely a good snapshot of that time period. Yeah, we might get to some of the bad here in a minute because there are some very troubling parts of this this movie. Oh, oh, totally. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I I still you know watching it found myself going back and sort of re-identifying to you know how I felt at that time, you know that kind of thing. Um, I had two other things I wanted to say about the cast. Um, uh. First of all, I had such a crush on Ali Sheedy as a kid, and (laughs) right, I feel like is 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 this the first like pixie dream girl uh, archetype? (laughs) Wow, I feel like this might be. You know, that is I never thought of that because she's the good question. She's the weird loner who's got her own like you know the the. 
She clearly comes from sort of like troubled home life or whatnot. Yeah, she doesn't care right. about anybody. She interjects yeah. weird comments at different times and <laughs>, laughs inappropriately or whatnot. She makes a sandwich of like pixie sticks and Captain Crunch. Crunch. Mm, <laughs> you that know? Is, that look, I always wanted to try that sandwich. Did you ever uh, make that sandwich? I'm gonna... I have never made that yes. sandwich. I and don't... she And she... She steals stuff, like, all the time. Yeah, she steals Anthony Michael Hall's wallet. She knows his freaking social security <laughs> why, yeah, why does he have a social security card in his wallet? That is so stupid for any kid, a smart, a smart well, kid. Well, it's the 80s. It's before identity theft. So. <laughs> or he, he, she steals the switchblade when... Um, right. Do you, I saw do you remember that, that, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where yep. Bender, like, slams it into the chair, and then totally. you see her arm just come out and go, whoop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, 100%. <laughs> She steals his lock too from yeah. his locker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but so is it, she the first? Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, and then and then you have this sort of like cliched. Now she's got makeup on and her hair is pulled back, and suddenly Amelia Westemas is like, "Oh, you're a pretty girl." Meanwhile, I'm like, "You're a pretty girl from the beginning. You're a, a beautiful you, woman from the yeah, beginning." Yeah, and you know what, like. Can we talk about that part for a little bit? Because yeah. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. a I have a new take on that that it, it never occurred to me before. Okay. Because I think everyone who I know liked the first Ali Sheedy better. Yes. Al- Allison is the weird kind of cool girl. Yes. Is was better than the makeup girl. I don't I don't know anyone who said, "Oh, yeah, that's definitely an improvement." No. Yes. I'm, and I'm waiting the other for thing the is, take. Yeah, no. Um for one that there was already a sort of like bond being built between Andy and Allison. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just like all of a sudden he he liked her. Right. I mean he 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 definitely felt some sort of like they went off and they got to get the milk or whatever. Right. They have a whole the, scene together where the, they had like they had several stuff. scenes where mm-hmm. they were just talking just the two of them mm-hmm. which was which was you know in school would never would have happened of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Um here's here's what I think of the characters, the boys kind of could all bond and that Molly Ringwald could, her, uh, Claire could bond. Uh-huh. But Claire and Allison, Cl- Claire bonded, wanted to bond with Allison. And the only way she knew how to do it mm. was to basically make her a princess uh-huh. kind of look. That was her That was her way of reaching out to her as a sign of like friendship or kinship. Because right. she, she, she didn't know... She she wanted to relate to her and she had no idea how to do it. Uh, I think mm. that's I think that's what the makeover scene was for because mm-hmm. it is so cliched, right? Like right, the right. idea of like, oh, if she just took her glasses off and put her hair down, <laughs> yeah. she'd be pretty, right? <laughs> right so right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, it 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 does. There is some. I mean, and maybe there's some of that because then it's like, oh yeah, like um, Andy now is it's okay for him to like. <laughs> You know, like like her or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it, there, it, that didn't come out of left field, at least. That there was some sort of interaction between them prior to her doing that. And also, I don't think you know Claire's not. She was not that deep. No. <laughs> is, uh, of of all of them, she seemed to be the most. I don't know. Superficial. I guess. I don't know. I could be too hard I, on Molly Ringwald in this part. No, I know. I I don't want to come back to. Molly Ringwald, but um, I mean, you see that evidenced a couple of points in this where, you know, Claire 
she just doesn't know how to relate. It's like, yeah. there are a couple of points where, you know, it feels like everyone is speaking a foreign language to her, you know, um, and, and she just can't do that. So I can, I totally see your point of, you know, this, the, the doing her makeup is the way that she can try and connect to someone who she started to build a relationship with. Um, and that's the only way that she has. I will say but, that, yeah. um, I, I will say that I agree with what you're saying in that the movie has started to lay a foundation for those two characters, Andy, um, and, uh, Allison. Um, but I also think that the way that that scene unfolds where Andy, Emilio Estevez is starting, it, it like just has this like dumbstruck look on his face. Like, Oh my oh, God, right. you're a beautiful person. Yeah. It so plays into that sort of, <laughs> that, that cliche. Well, <laughs> well yes. It, it almost undercuts everything that ha- helped to build that in the first place um, to a certain extent. Anyway, yeah. but, but, but then again, I mean, again, this is, you know, 20 some years. Oh Jesus. How 40, how long ago is this? Is this 40 years old? <laughs> it's almost 40 years old. God, I feel so old now. Anyway. <laughs> so, so we, I can't believe I said 20. <laughs> That's that's still missing. <laughs> Made in two thousand. <laughs> if, if that would only be two thousand. The John Hughes two thousand and two movie, The Breakfast Club. Anyway, yeah, you're I, still you're not you're still in the twenty first century, pal. God Come on, damn. this is a twentieth century movie. <laughs> what I was trying to say is, while you know th- this may be one of those things where, because we've had you know, 40 years of that cliche or more, it stood out maybe more than it would have at the time. Um, So, yeah. But yeah, but to your point, I, I, I honestly don't know anyone who thought, Oh yeah, that was an improvement. No, we all liked her (laughs) when she was like, like just, yeah, we're in the bag sweater and her hair is down and she was just kind (laughs) of weird. Yeah. And all that dandruff is awesome. Like yeah, the dandruff that. was the, <laughs> just another thing. Yeah. <laughs> one one last thing I wanted to say it, on the cast is, man, oh man, do I see why Molly Ringwald became such a big star at this time? I mean, I think she, I think she's wonderful in this. Oh um, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's she is, and <laughs> one of the notes I wrote down is I could watch Molly Ringwald doing uh, '80s dancing all day long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's that dance montage. The dance montage, yeah. It's, she's up on the yeah. Uh-huh. Up on the, she's the like roll. in the stairwell, and like stairwell, everyone else yeah. is like climbing on different. Like you know, the two dudes are like headbanging or whatever, um, and <laughs> she's just like, "Yep, I could watch that." That, I think I think she's really great in this, and <laughs> and not just for that reason, but I think uh, I think she has a really wonderful performance, and and some of the scenes are uh, that she's in are, are really uh, touching. So yeah, yeah, and she was yeah at that time. I mean, she had built like so mm-hmm. she she was just in Sixteen Candles, right? She was actually believe it or not, this is a little known fact: the original <laughs> TV cast of The Facts of Life. Do you remember oh, that, really? that show? Yeah. With 2D. She uh-huh. was on, there was one version of that show that had like 16 girls or something like that. And she was huh. 
one of them. And then they cut the cast down the next season. But huh. the original show was had Molly Ringwald on it. Interesting. Uh, isn't that weird? That anyway, is weird. I don't, why, I don't know why I thought of that. You can cut that <laughs> part out. <laughs> that was just that was just for you, Glenn. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, sounds good. But yeah, she was then. You know, she did six, sixteen candles. This uh, pretty in pink. Mm-hmm. And then um, she she grew up. <laughs> right. She wasn't she wasn't a teenager anymore. And I don't I don't know what she did after that. But she owned the she owned the eighties, man. I mean, she did. Uh, so, Chris, I, as always, I am very interested if you have found a key scene in this movie. I in, <laughs> I found what I think would be mine, so I'm not going to... Yeah. I, I'm really curious what, what you picked and if they, they, they match up. My, I, I predict that we have predicted the same one. Um, it's actually a back-to-back key scene because they, mm. do, they do play... They indirectly are, yeah, part of the same narrative. So the mm-hmm. f- part one of this is when um, uh, Vice Principal Vernon and mm-hmm. Carl are yep. in the basement drinking mm-hmm. a beer. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Carl has just caught him going through <laughs> the confidential <laughs> files. And he's yeah. like, well, what, what what, what, can I do for you? He's like, I want 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't yeah. know why that's like the best answer. But it's just like fifty dollars. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, they're, clear. They're just, yeah. <laughs> so so they're just shooting the breeze downstairs, and uh-huh. um, yeah, Vernon is like saying, yeah, like the kids have changed, man, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and Carl's like, no, like they're they're, they're the same. It's mm-hmm. it's just that you know you know. So it's just this kind of. Basically, the transition from being a kid to an adult for adults, right. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I firmly, I'm on. I believe it. What Carl is saying, I don't think right. teenagers are any better or worse than when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. We're all, we were all, we're all just teenagers, and right. we we do stupid stuff, and sometimes we're brilliant, <laughs> and sometimes we're nothing, and you know, it's everything in between. Um, uh-huh. He just became the man, right? He became right. the authority figure, and that's what right. happened. Because mm-hmm. like Carl says, you thought it'd be cool to have your summers off and like have this <laughs> job, and then anyway, it's... so so it's those two adults talking mm-hmm. about how their view of teenagers and you know and 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 what happens there. Right. So the next scene is the long scene in the library yeah. where they're all yeah. sitting on the floor, yep. and the all the big reveals come out about mm-hmm. every every you know what. What has brought them there? Um, right. And so, was was that kind of the one that you were thinking of as well? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I don't think there's any way to pick any other scene in this movie other than... Yeah, that's yeah, what the, I figured. <laughs> the kids sitting around in a circle, you know, and this is at a point in the movie and in filming, as we've talked about, where, you know, they are comfortable with each other. Um, and are starting to be actually vulnerable. And, and and what I love about this, and I'll hand it back to you here, I don't want to <laughs> steal what you were going to say, but, but one of the things that I love about this is, like, uh, the there's some real honest conversation happening. Because you get Molly Ringwald saying, 
you know, it's different. Like the pressures yeah. that, you yeah. know, Andy and I are under as being more popular kids <laughs> right, right. is different. And, you know, versus, um, um, damn it, what's his name? <laughs> oh, Brian, right. Brian played by Anthony Michael Hall, his pressures. And, and then you get his yeah. story, right? His story, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, there's a lot of interesting things to me in this scene. Mm. Um, one is that, all right, so there's a thing in like, if you study like, like I have like group dynamics, mm. like basically you have a you know room full of people, how do you get them comfortable and share and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, you know, like group therapy, right? Right. Um, one is that everyone has to be at the same level like Mm. physically i mean so either Mm. either you're all sitting in a chair at the same Mm -hmm. height or you're all sitting on the floor no Mm. no one's standing and some are sitting no everyone is kind of on the same level so Mm. that that's a physical that's like a visual cue that okay it's changed here you know Mm -hmm. john's not standing up and uh, bender it's not right. you know standing up ranting around and they're mm-hmm. not the you know the guys aren't going you know all alpha male on everybody and you know there's <laughs> yeah the, so now they're all like even playing field and then mm-hmm. the reveals start to slowly happen and i think mm-hmm. you know and this is a part where it's both like <laughs> i i loved i love and hate this scene at the same time because it because <laughs> on one hand it's like so you know, it's cringy in some parts, like sure. just how stupid it is. Sure. Um, but other parts, it's it's almost what how I took it as it's like the idealized conversation we all wanted to have, like maybe even today, maybe with people in our lives right now, where we we feel like I can let my guard down. I could tell people what I'm really thinking, what I'm really feeling, and no one will like make fun of me or shoot me down or whatever yeah that that is such a great way to encapsulate everything i felt about this scene too which is do i believe that these high school kids are really going to have this conversation (laughs) no absolutely not it is way like this you're talking you know uh years of group therapy to get to this level right exactly (laughs) but but to what you said it is exactly the kind of conversation that you want to have right and i think that's you know that this is the part of me in this movie where i had to sort of say like and again i had to say it's more about the things the movie is trying to say, then if I think this could happen, that yes. I needed to yeah. sort of set that aside. Um, because, yeah, all of these things are like, this is exactly the kind of conversation I would want to have and still want to have. Like, I don't, I, I there aren't spaces I feel in my life today where this kind of conversation happens. I mean, th- I, I there don't, are I don't few, think for most of us many. there are. Right. No, I, I think for most of us, it's hard to find places where you can, I mean, I, you know, I go to church and stuff and we're even there. We don't, we don't talk that honestly to each other <laughs> yeah. that often. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. We're, we're still, we're still guarded. We're still like protective. We're still like suspicious in a way of how people are going to use something against mm-hmm, us in mm-hmm. life and, and everywhere in life. Right. So it's it's hard, you know, much less, you know, it's hard enough to do that with the friends and the, your 
spouse, the people that you love, it's hard mm-hmm. to do it there, but it's you know impossible to do with people that you just met <laughs> that morning. <laughs> and you yeah. tell them about your, you know, this, your this. your father's beating you, and you know your you, you your failed suicide attempt and stuff I, like that. So right, right. No, this is this is the <laughs> most progressive set of human beings that have ever existed. <laughs> they, they're fully actualized human <laughs> fully beings. Fully actualized. In, in, the, in, in a span of about six hours, they have yeah. come to this level of vulnerability. Which again, right, it's it's a movie and I will grant it that because I, I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And, you know, like you said, it's aspirational, right? Um, do I believe yeah. that this would actually happen? No, I, I was no, a I mean, I know what I was like. so much of yeah, yeah. I, I think that's maybe why this movie is still watched at all today. Is that yeah. it's not so much necessarily even the content of what they say, which is too relatable to a lot of us. I mean, mm-hmm. there's 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 great lines in there, mm-hmm. um, and, and that I'd actually, I, I I'd like to get to at some mm-hmm. later point in my discussion here. Um, yeah. I don't know. If, should I do it now? <laughs> yeah, do it now. We're talking about this scene. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, well, maybe Glenn has something to say, and I should just shut up for a second. No, I, um, I've said my piece, I think. I, I think we're saying the same thing. So, yes, great lines. Let's hear it. And they all kind of happen very close to, one, close to, to each other, where mm-hmm. it's... Um, I can't remember which character just said their honesty stuff, and then... Um, Emilio Estevez's character, Andy, yeah. says, like, ah, oh, like, something to the fact, like, are we just going to grow up and be our parents? As yep. if that was, like, yep. the absolute worst thing that could happen to any of them. Totally. And they all are, like, they're all, like, hell no. And she's, like, right. Molly, Molly, you know, is, like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I think Ali Sheedy says, oh, boy, I, I might have had this out of order. Yeah. But she says the great line, like, do you know what happens when you grow up? <laughs> and they're like, no, what? She's like, your heart dies. <laughs> that's, like such, that, that's such a heartbreaking thing to say, but such a, so in character for her at the same time. But it's it, almost like you die when you grow up. In character for her and in character for this movie, <laughs> right? Like, and and maybe everything we've seen from John Hughes, right? Um, <laughs> there is a real, I feel, attachment to this period of, of people's lives and, and yeah, the development, de- you know? Definitely. He's definitely, he lives in the past, man. No, I mean, he definitely <laughs> likes, he, nost- he has nostalgicized a part of our lives. Yeah. That, that, you know, we're both good and bad. It wasn't, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I could honestly say I liked high school fine, but it wasn't like oh those are the glory years or uh, yes. I was I I would want to ever do it again you know no, <laughs> I, a, a, once was enough absolutely and you know while I understand the the comments with that they are kicking around we just don't want to be our parents and I find myself right I'm like. Oh God, that thing I just said is exactly the way that my dad right. says it. Like I am becoming my parents to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I just I I want to 
I want each new year to be <laughs> better than you know what what the yeah. past was, right? Um, which and that, <laughs> yeah, no, and I think in each of their, I mean, it doesn't sound like all of them. I mean, are I mean, I'm not exactly sure what um, Claire's parents did to her that was so horrible. She's yeah, she just she doesn't want really she just doesn't want to be them, that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the fact that what they give her everything that she wants that's you know, we don't really get a sense of the struggles that she has at home mm-hmm. um, compared to the other characters. But she was the one that said, you know, this adamant, no way. Um, you know, I, I can understand why Bender's character doesn't want to be his father or <laughs> yeah, you know, well, Andrew. Bender doesn't want to be have, have cigars put out on his forearms. So yeah. that makes sense. And I guess, <laughs> I guess Claire does talk about like, you know, my parents almost like use me against each other or, or something. And like, my dad gives me everything I want. My mom doesn't or something. Right. And, and Ali Sheedy's character is just like, they ignore me. You know? Yeah. They just ignore her. Right. And she right, was like right. her running away kit ready to <laughs> yeah. go her go bag. <laughs> yeah. Her go bag or whatever. Yeah. And the other, the other part that is always stuck with me though even more than that line in, in the movie is is when um, Brian asked the question no one has asked yet. It's like, mm. well, what's going to happen on Monday? Yes. Like, like we've created this yes. little bubble universe here. Yep. And then it becomes real again. Where totally. That, that, de- that debate about like how 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 is it going to happen? I thought that, and to me, that was the most authentic conversation yep. in yep. the entire movie. Hundred percent was the, was them battling out like yeah like and I personally I'm on the side not on the side of but agree with what Claire said. It's just like no way. That's just not that's not what's going to happen. We're going to Abs- like yeah, a- absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you and felt the same way. Right, and I I appreciated that for the same reason. It it did feel authentic, and that's yeah. what I love so much about this scene is. It feels authentic, um, authentic in the sense that this is what would happen. Yes. N- not necessarily authentic in that sixteen-year-olds would have this conversation. <laughs> right? But, no, but that's not is, what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this is absolutely what would happen. Right? Monday would come around. Uh, you'd go up to one of the other person, you know, people in there, say, try to say hi, and they would, you know shrug you off and say, I don't know that person because I'm with my other friends, right? Yeah, with my, um, yeah, exactly. And I really appreciated that they gave that voice, right? Like, they acknowledged that in this this conversation. Because um, it would be so easy to brush it off, like, no, we're friends forever now, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and, and that's just not what would happen. So no, it's no life. Life would, in, I mean, so I feel like life would go back to how it was before in some ways for them. I mean, yeah. I think so that's he, the great question. Here, here's a question for you then, because the way the movie ends with, um, yeah, you know, Claire <laughs> right. and Bender kind of getting together, and Andy and um, Allison, um, Allison kind of getting together sort of flies in the face of what I think is the honesty of that conversation. And 
It is strange. Do you think that carries over or or is that they each kissed each other and that's the last time they ever kissed because the reality of Monday sets in? Yeah, I, I like just going back to like each of the characters' responses to the question. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember Allison was like, no way, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. And then Andy was kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. And then Claire's kind of like, yeah, basically you're lying to yourself. You're full of shit. Because if Brian came up to you, you'd probably say hi to him. And then you would totally like, make you know, fun behind his back, make fun of him right. as soon as he's gone, you know, which seems to be a realistic <laughs> right. world. So, so I was thinking, yeah, like, so what if Bender comes up to Claire and her friends mm-hmm. and like, you know, kisses her right there like right. what would what would happen no she she's she would do exactly what she said she'd do she would she would just ignore him or make fun of him or you know do whatever. yeah i, I mean that, I, that that's what humans are like i i think that's my you know well i have a couple of complaints about this movie but one of them is more about how it doesn't quite hold up um in <laughs> like there's some stuff there are some things that we have moved past, hopefully, as 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 people. Um, yeah, but <laughs> but right. for in terms of the movie, them all sort of getting together at the end was the part that I, I'm I'm not super crazy about it. Um, I feel like this movie could have had the same uh, emotional weight and message without the need for like people to sort of like hook up at the end. And I, no, I, I thought quite believe it. So yeah, no, I thought I thought that honestly, it would have been a much better ending of them walking out of school together, and you see them go back into their cars. Yeah, and just you're kind of left with, yeah, and you're left with that question mm-hmm. rather than this cheesy Hollywood business yep. where like there's, yep. you know, poor <laughs> Brian had I guess the janitor. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't get a girl in the story, um, but. That is, but the janitor is everyone's secrets. So you know, <laughs> that janitor is the oh, honestly. I'll take the janitor. He's got he knows everything. He's, he's the ally I want navigating that school system. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. <laughs> oh, but so, I'd have to so give the fact up that Ali Sheedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, if that that is. I think that is. Did not ruin the movie, but yep. it would have yep. been a better movie without that ending. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because in in the essence of, I mean, because you know when you're young, and maybe even when you're old, <laughs> you no, I, I definitely don't think it was now. Definitely when I was younger, you kind of figure like you got the world figured out pretty well, right? I mean, you got. <laughs> If people just listen to me, I have the answers that's going to solve all this shit. Oh, God. This right? is me at 16. <laughs> oh, man. Is that what you were saying? Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's me at 16 to a T. Uh, I mean, you, th- you how think wrong I how was. brilliant you are. Yeah, exactly. That's the joke, right? Is that we're right? so... <laughs> arrogant and so pompous and like idealistic uh, and like if you and your friends sitting around yeah you know, think oh, you're so wise and so like 
Dude, the number of the number of evenings that my friends and I spent in a goddamn Denny's just like solving the world's problems at 16, 17 years yeah. old. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we... And those are yeah. They're great times, but you know, it it's <laughs> But the we, movie then should should end that way, where it's like you come a, right, you come away, right, and like right, you know right, right. you're no more wise than you were when you started. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's it, it's interesting because this movie could play that uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, an interesting balance there because there is a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff that is talked about between the kids, especially in that scene that we were talking about. Um, that I think is is valid and useful, right? Um, yeah, for sure. And yet, it needs to go to this level of like, oh well, and now we're all dating each other. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we've moved past all of these social right. boundaries and crashed them down, and, and you know, and Ali Sheedy put makeup on, so it's okay for me to date her. Like, you know, some yep. of that stuff. Like, I'm not crazy yeah. about, but yeah. No. <laughs> so, Glenn, we've gone back to the 80s. and <laughs> Back in time. Peered, in, peered into our very souls. Mm-hmm. So, do you think The Breakfast Club saved the world? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is another one of those things where I'm a little bit on the <laughs> fence of, as you can tell. Um, I think that... This kind of movie that, you know, explores sort of the, the, you know, the coming of age thing, right? And all of the things that teens, you know, (laughs) that we have all gone through. (laughs) Right. um, And does it in a way that that feels a little bit more um, honest and introspective, um, not quite as cheap. Um, you know, the, this movie portrays, I think, what would be an ideal, a bunch of different yeah. people who yep. come from very different backgrounds being put into a situation and then using that opportunity to, to understand each other. Um, that is an ideal that I don't think happens very often, um, or at least it's it's not portrayed that often. I do think this is one of those things... <laughs> getting on a political soapbox this is one of those things that's like <clears throat> if you talk to your neighbors versus watch the news like that's probably a better <laughs> right. way to make connections right. and understand each <laughs> yeah. other um and i think this movie is is a good portrayal of that um but i do think that it it, it shows sort of that like this is this would be great if this could happen um, yeah. I don't know that it's a very realistic portrayal um, uh, of what happens, but, um, and, and I think, you know, the, the, the other thing about this is, I mean, this John Hughes really did, I feel have a, a perspective and an attention around this particular sort of, you know, age group, if you will, um, that he was able to tap into and capture um, 
And I think, you know, I think that matters too. I think it is, it's good for someone to be able to go to a movie and say like, they get me or, or, yeah. or this is part of what I'm going through. And yes, that part was captured, um, to sort of validate how people feel on the inside. And, and I don't feel like there are as many open spaces to have those conversations. So I think a movie like this, that does allow someone to say like, I identify with this person or this person, or I identify with this situation, um, yeah. kind of can help validate, um, uh, how everyone feels that they might not have been able to share. So that, that's my reason for yes. I, um, I come out along those, that, yeah, that same sort of thought process. It's, mm-hmm. I think why this movie is, is still worth watching mm-hmm. <laughs> more than once is that it, exactly. It has an idealized situation where right. you could, right. you could actually sit down with some people, find commonality and be yourself and feel like safe about doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think no matter who you are, where you come from, you know, what you're, you know, just anything that would identify you. We all need that. That's that, that is a common human need. Mm-hmm. Um, and there aren't spaces that we have. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, there's very few places, like you said, where I. F- I, I feel like I can do that with mm-hmm. others. Um, yeah, and I, and they're precious, and you don't get them very often. No, I mean, watching some of the conversations in this movie, which really are about like. We've talked about it already, so I don't want to sort of recover the same ground, but the fact that you have people sharing and then push back, you know, on, yeah. well, but you're not seeing this aspect and, and that that conversation continues. Um, I mean, those are hard conversations to have. I'm not saying that like, gosh, wouldn't it be what's wrong with people, you know, cause it, it's it's hard. Um, which is why I don't think this could happen in an eight hour period of time with these people, but (laughs) no, no, but that's what I would love and, and try to strive for. Um, but gosh, it's, it's, it's hard in, in family and friendships and much less Mm -hmm. strangers, you know, but, um, um, I, I think, I think it's, it's what we should all hope for, you know? Um, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit for this would you rather um, because it's going to be more of like a multiple choice than a, you know, (laughs) there's usually kind of a duality in would you rather, right? You mean like a Scantron from high school? (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking of. I'm choosing C. Oh, oh, B was the right answer. Damn it. Um, Yeah, it's always B. Um, (laughs) It's never A (laughs) or D. The, um, all right, if, now you have to choose, <laughs> oh, no. of of the, we have the the athlete, this princess, the criminal, <laughs> the brain, and the basket case. Oh, no. Which, which click do you choose? Oh, shit. In your high school life? Oh, god damn it. Okay. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I really hate you for this. Um. <laughs> Okay, so the brain. Okay, so the brain, the princess, the jock, 
the, the basket criminal. case and the criminal. Yep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, the princess is out for me. There's, there's, there's no way that that would be me. The jock is out for me. That's not. There's no way that's me. <laughs> okay. Pretty okay. Process of elimination here. All right. I'm gonna tell you. Here's my honest. I'm not sure if you're asking me what I would prefer or what I was, but I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna answer it as the what I was. Um, Okay. Here's here's the answer. Uh, I would be the brain, and I would be friends with the criminal and the basket case, because that is literally like my wow. middle school and high school experience was like. That is. I, I was like that opens up volumes about you, Glenn. Wow, dude! Like I avoided being bullying, being bullied by befriending the bully. <laughs> like, like ah, that was so. that was smart. <laughs> That's all. I'm playing seven dimensional chess, man. No, like <laughs> no. I always had. I always had those friends that were yeah, like the criminal in the basket case. Uh, while I was doing my schoolwork, um, good for you. So, well, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a rough one, dude. Cause like, <laughs> it's tough to like think about those. Like, where, I guess you could pick the janitor too. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not the janitor. <laughs> you weren't that cool. I don't clean up after myself. So <laughs> much less stupid teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So Glenn, I took us to the eighties for a bit of <laughs> a, a romp through the Reagan era. Uh. Uh, so <laughs> what, what, um, I, I'm, Pins on pins and needles. What what is up next for movies will save the world? Yeah. Well. Okay. So I I've been wanting to put this movie forward for a while. We've done uh, a number of you know more widely known movies. Um, yeah. You know this one yeah. especially. Um, and now I might be taking us in a direction of lesser known movies. I haven't actually picked a theme for this, so I'll have to have one before we actually talk about it next All week. Right. But the movie is from 2020 hmm. and it's wow. a movie okay. called I care a lot. Have you seen oh. this? All right. I have not seen it. I know the movie though. Yes. So. Starring I, I, uh, Rosamund Pike, um, yep. Isaac Gonzalez, if I'm pronouncing that right, apologies if mm-hmm. I'm not. Peter Dinklage is in this. Diane West. Um, I have oh. seen this once and okay. wanted to I come back you, to it. So yeah, I think you even mentioned it to me one one time, like oh, way back when this came out, and yeah. I was like, yeah, I want to see that. So mm-hmm. now I have a now I have a reason to, to see it. <laughs> it's an interesting it's, but, movie. But, but here's the problem, though. It I don't think that movie is at my library. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll figure out a way to watch this movie. <laughs> Could you, like, make one and then just, like, send it to the library? So yeah, totally. <laughs> What's interesting to me about this movie is it, it doesn't actually have a great IMDb rating. And, and part of my curiosity here is wanting to revisit huh. it to see if, like, was it as good as I thought it was? <laughs> Or is it not? So maybe that'll be the theme. Like, 
I enjoyed it. Were they right and I was wrong or vice versa? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. All right. Good fun. Excellent. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. This has been a lot of fun. Um, Gosh, I don't even remember the last time I watched um, uh, The Breakfast Club, but it was fun to come back to. (laughs) So thank you for that, Chris. And tune in. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah, and tune in next week for the 2020 movie, I Care a Lot. Mm